Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. I am Troy Shockley, and this is the Coffee Break Podcast. Thanks for joining our chat today. Coffee Break brought to you by Cochrane Insurance. Just a couple days before Thanksgiving, we're getting a chat with Montana Attorney General Tim Fox. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, Troy. Thanks for having me on. How are you? I'm doing really well. I, I admit I'm uh, looking forward a couple of days on the calendar to stuffing. I mean, I, I know the turkey's going to be there, but really it's just a vehicle to get the stuffing on my plate. Yeah, you know, it's a weird uh, word to use for food when I'm already <laughs> stuffed. Why would I stuff myself some more? But I'm looking forward to it, too. What are your plans <laughs> for Thanksgiving? You know, we're just going to lay low. We have grandkids in Bozeman and in Helena, and so we're probably going to have them come over. And uh, We have a daughter in uh, Billings who's going to drive over for the weekend. Uh, so just family time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, unfortunately we don't get a real parade this year, but I guess we get football and I, I don't know if they're still doing the dog show or not. Maybe we get that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You know, <laughs> I've always watched the, the Cowboys always play uh, mm-hmm. on Thanksgiving and, uh, I'm a Cowboys fan and I know that uh, you probably feel sorry for me, but still, no, I think uh, Tim, always- I am too. I think that's why we get along so well. Oh, good, we, good. Well, that's we suffer silently in mediocrity year after year. Well, they won this past weekend, and uh, even with their terrible record, they may even win their division. Go figure. Yeah, well, Kurt is a Vikings fan, so uh, he, you, you mentioned that, and I, I, I know he cringed a little bit. We don't bit. want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> All um, right, well, we won't talk about the fact that the Vikings got beat by the Cowboys this past weekend. Montana Attorney General Tim Fox, our guest on Coffee Break today, and uh, I, I realized really, I guess this morning, we don't have many of our conversations left. I mean, what is life like for you right now? Kind of winding down your time as AG. Well, you know, certainly there's always something to do and the dedicated public servants at uh, the Montana department of justice will be there uh, even after I leave. And so we're just going to continue to, you know, work on the budget for the next biennium. Uh, some of the things we're going to talk about today, like the tobacco settlement, uh, that work goes on. It, you know, when you talk about legal complaints and and protecting Montanans and just doing our job, uh, it, it happens every day. So we're just going to, you know, push through the finish line and, and leave things in a better place than we found them. Well, you're certainly not going out quietly. I mean, no, no senioritis in the AG's office. We had a pretty big news item here, uh, I guess, about a week ago now with that tobacco settlement. You know, that's right. You know, the tobacco settlement came about back in 1998 when pretty much every state sued the tobacco companies uh, because for years they knew that their products caused cancer and they hid that from uh, consumers and the public and, and uh of course, there's a lot of a lot of expenses to the states uh, and certainly to individuals who come down with uh, health-related problems uh, due to to tobacco. Montana settled as well back in 1998, and part of the deal was that the, the tobacco companies were supposed to uh, send us money every year uh, based on the amount of tobacco sales in our state. And since the early 2000s, they've been withholding you know 10 to 20 percent of that money. Uh, as it turns out, uh, without um, cause, without any factual evidence, uh, they claimed that Montana was not enforcing its tobacco laws. 
And uh, we sued them, uh, previous administrations sued them year by year. And uh, the latest case settled a couple of years ago. And during the course of that case, we learned that they had no evidence with which to withhold this money. So I sued them earlier this year and we settled that case for a record amount of money. Uh, they wrongfully withheld this money. And uh, so before the end of the year, the state will receive a payment of $53.5 million. And they also agreed never to again to withhold that money. And uh, for the first 10 years, they won't make any claims that Montana has not enforced their tobacco laws. So that's another $55 million that will come directly that otherwise may have been withheld. So proud to go out in, in, a, in a big way. It, it couldn't have come at a better time with the budget constraints mm -hmm. that the state has. And, of course, a lot of this money goes to uh, health-related programs, particularly for children in Montana. And it, that, that couldn't have come at a better time as well. Well, in, in Montana, not the only state that they're doing this to, but as I understand it, I, I think the only one to get the companies to actually pay up at this point, right? Yeah, we're the first state to have a settlement of this kind. We were the first state to bring uh, the kind of lawsuit we brought earlier this year that included False Claims Act claims, which entitled us, if we won, if we went to court and won, to uh, treble damages, attorney's fees, and punitive damages, which is, I think, a big reason why they mm -hmm. came to the table and, and settled. But, yeah, um, our team came up with uh, the legal strategy. Uh, we won, and uh, never again will these tobacco companies mess around with the state of Montana. Well, I, I guess, uh, you know, are other states now going to follow? I mean, did you come up with the game plan, essentially, to, uh, to hold them accountable? Or are we going to see other states doing the same thing now? I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, you know, the tobacco companies would have liked to have shoved this under the table and not let anyone know what we did. Uh, but there's there's a handful of states in a similar situation. You know, many other states settled with the tobacco companies and uh, agreed to accept millions of dollars uh, less than what they were entitled to. And I'm sure that they're having buyer's remorse now. Uh, but if I can help those other states uh, in the future to understand how we did this, I'd be happy to do it. Montana Attorney General Tim Fox with us this morning on Coffee Break, talking about the uh, the big settlement that we got last week with uh, Big Tobacco. And as you pointed out, I mean, it, this important, especially right now. I mean, it would have been important regardless, but getting money in the budget at this point uh, while it seems like it's in pretty good shape, we really don't know what's going to happen in the next six or eight months. Uh, getting that cushion is a big deal. Yeah, it really is. I mean, obviously the goal is uh, to not raise taxes and to fully fund the important programs that the state can, uh, funds as, as we speak. Uh, but there's a limited amount of money. Uh, people are hurting across our state. And we want to make sure that we uh, alleviate the, the uh, regulatory burden and the tax burden on Montana citizens. And this will help in a big way. This is unprecedented, uh, Troy. There's never been, been a, a settlement of this uh, magnitude and of this type, uh, not only in Montana, but across the nation. Yeah. Well, it, it's not the end of your work, but it does feel a bit like a cherry on top. I mean, I... I, I think you couldn't wait till your last day to do this one to to make it that big mic drop as you uh, exited the office. But this is a pretty big deal. Yeah, yeah, no, I boom, I guess yeah. right. Yeah. Um, but, and I wanted to make sure that if we could do it in a way that gets the money in the door before the end of the year, which it looks like that'll happen, 
uh, the legislature then can uh, make sure it's appropriated to the uh, appropriate places. Uh, we just filed a consent decree. I think it'll actually be filed, uh, was filed yesterday, and uh, hopefully the judge will sign that, then the payment will be due shortly thereafter, and uh, it'll be sitting in the state bank account when the legislators come in the first week of January. Well, you did also uh, take place in an antitrust lawsuit. Several dozen dozen other states involved with this one, but um, you know you, you already took on big tobacco in one, and uh, I guess now big tech as well. Yeah, you know we sued Google. Uh, Google is one of the wealthiest companies on the planet ever, and uh, ten other states and the U.S. Department of Justice sued under our antitrust laws, both state and federal. Uh, because uh, Google has been using anti-competitive practices for years to line their pockets and become, become essentially the only search engine out there and the only option available for uh, businesses and individuals who want to advertise over that search engine. Uh, what we learned through an investigation that we participated in was that uh, basically Google has required the companies that use their uh, search engine, like Microsoft and Apple and others, uh, to use their search engine exclusively. And uh, that's an anti-competitive practice. They basically squeezed out any other search engine's ability to try to compete with them. And so this lawsuit will uh, essentially uh, stop that, hopefully stop that anti-competitive practice and uh, give a fair marketplace for consumers across the country. Uh, this will be a case that won't be settled uh, before I leave, uh, but ultimately I'm sure our uh, new incoming attorney general will pursue this action as well. Yeah, big tobacco and big tech, it's pretty solid one-two punch. And uh, we, we also do have uh, something else that's pretty big, a, a grant that is going to, uh, it sounds like, help train quite a few folks in some high-level forensics. Yeah, that's true. You know, when I uh, was uh, campaigning to become attorney general in 2012, uh, law enforcement and county attorneys and many others uh, complained about the fact that our forensic science division, otherwise known as the state crime lab, was in a really a world of hurt. It, it uh, had not been managed well. There were a lot of backlogs on evidence. And our forensic science uh, uh pathologists, otherwise known as medical examiners, uh, were in a, a very sad shape. So we've fixed that over the last eight years. We are now the envy of the country in terms of uh, our forensic science lab. And uh, so I was happy to announce just recently that we've received a $2 million National Institute of Justice Center forensics grant, where we'll be working with the University of Washington, their med school, George Washington University, the National Association of Attorneys General, of which I'm currently the president, and the American Society for Clinical Pathology uh, to provide additional medical examiners and coroners in underserved rural areas across uh, the nation, including Montana, and to provide forensic science and legal training to district attorneys, judges, and law enforcement, and develop opportunities to benefit current and future practitioners in the fields of forensic pathology, forensic science, law enforcement, and criminal justice. So. Uh, this is huge. We're a small state with a relatively small forensic science lab, but as I said, we are the envy of the country in that regard. We're a fully certified lab, and uh, you know this is a, a feather in the cap of everyone who works at the forensic science division, including Scott Larson, who is the administrator, who uh, is an incredible public servant. 
Montana Attorney General Tim Fox with us this morning. We've got a couple minutes left with him. And I, I know you and the Department of Justice, that, that medical examiner system, that's really something that you've put some energy into, put a focus on. You've worked to improve that. It's got to be good to, to see that happening. Well, sure. You know, as a public servant, I think our overarching goal is always to leave things in a better way than we found them. And I can say unequivocally that working with many Montanans across the, our great state, and particularly working with the, uh, the uh, employees at the Department of Justice, we will be leaving things in a better place than I found them when I became Attorney General in 2013. Uh, I'm going to continue to serve the public in some way, shape, or form and, and focus on public safety and consumer protection and all those other things that we've worked so hard on during my tenure as Attorney General. But I want to thank you, Troy, and, and the, the radio station for helping us to get the word out, uh, raise public awareness on so many different issues. Uh, we're all in this together, and we need to work together uh, to find common sense uh, solutions for the problems that face our state, and I will continue to do that. Yeah, Montana Attorney General Tim Fox with us today. And, uh, you know, we will get a chance to uh, chat with you again next month. I think that's our uh, that's our grand finale. But, uh, you know, you, you've had a long run working to help uh, Montana and Montanans and, uh, in, in public service. You've been doing a lot. Now you just got to figure out where that's going to be. I know you've got the heart to continue that. So I guess now it's a matter of figuring out where that's, where that's going to be. Yeah, so I'm sure they'll I'll continue to work in the nonprofit section with charities. Uh, certainly will help out to the best of my abilities with state leaders on all of these issues. Um, and who knows, you know, I'm eligible to run for attorney general again in eight years. So uh, stay tuned. There you go. Well, are, are you already, are you announcing? Is that what you're doing this morning, Tim? <laughs> no, because <laughs> I'm not because I, I like coming home and, uh, and having a home to come to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I understand that. Well, uh, sir, I, I appreciate the time. And like I said, we, we will get a chance to chat with uh, Tim next month again before uh, he hires about three U-Hauls to get all that stuff out of his office. Um, it, it is the most packed <laughs> office I've ever seen. It, it, it's like the most organized episode of Hoarders ever. It, it, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's going to take some work to, to get all that stuff out. But, uh, and, and, and then you're, you're going to have to figure out where to put it all. Wait, what? You mean I have to leave that office? <laughs> oh, shoot. I think. Golly, I guess I didn't realize. I knew I wasn't going to be attorney general come January. I guess I didn't realize. I that. mean, I maybe Austin will rent it out to you or something. You can lease the space or <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, sir, I sure appreciate the time, and uh, I guess we'll sit down and root for the Cowboys together coming up here in a couple days. Look forward to it. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your listeners, Troy. God bless you all. Stick around. We've got more coffee break coming up. I just wanted to step away from the show for a few seconds to tell you that if you miss an episode, you can always catch up. We're on iTunes, so find our show there or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Local and area events, city, state, and national officials, your neighbors doing incredible things. We talk to them all on Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. 
In today's Always On world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, we deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across Montana. Ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com security. Welcome back into Coffee Break. I'm Troy Shockley. Thanks for hanging out with us today. And as does tend to happen around the holiday, schedules change. And so we actually weren't able to connect with Inner Mountain today. But we're going to zip back to a conversation we had recently about Whitetail Ranch Center. It's a really cool project. This is definitely one worth revisiting. I'm Paul Rogge. I'm a retired Army colonel, retired engineering manager from uh, the DOE world, enjoying life in Montana as a semi-retired person. But uh, as my wife said, retired engineers don't work any less. They just get to pick their problems. <laughs> so one of the one area that I work in is in resilience and energy related things. But another one is what can we do for those uh, soldiers who have been out there uh, giving their all, uh, risking their lives to guarantee this world that we can enjoy today in Montana. And every time I drive down the road, I think of those guys who have driven convoys, gone door to door to uh, make sure that we can enjoy this kind of freedom and to bring that freedom to other folks. Uh, a couple of years ago, I joined uh, the board of Whitetail Ranch Center, which, which is a emerging nonprofit that uh, aspires to build a working ranch for veterans who are afflicted with PTSD uh, right in Montana. And this center would be a place where uh, some of our uh, heroes who have been off not necessarily enjoying the kinds of quality of life that we have, uh, who are suffering, and many of them either not able to hold a job or even committing suicide. Um, it's a big problem uh, today among veterans and especially Montana. Um, give them a chance to recover, uh, to have a little better quality of life, and to uh, get back to the point where they can really bring some of those gifts and uh, some of that uh, creative energy again to uh, our society here in Montana and be, be able to have a great job, have a great family situation, and really contribute to the community. Yeah, Paul Rogie is our guest today. He's on the board of Whitetail Ranch Center. And uh, this, it sounds like, came out of a, a pretty personal struggle with PTSD, is sort of the, the genesis of Whitetail Ranch. Yes. Uh, actually, when I first uh, checked into this, um, I called up uh, Julie Tudor. So the co founders of Whitetail Ranch Center are Dave and Julie Tudor, who uh, are basically uh, moving to Montana. Uh, Julie was in California. Dave's been uh, in a couple different places. Um, but their son came back from Afghanistan, and he is a uh, victim of PTSD. And so they really have this personal experience of what an impact that is uh, and what that means to that person who, you know, was vital, productive, and contributing, and now has has a lot of personal challenges and, you know, has lost some of that opportunity to contribute to society. So we've got some real uh, internal energy to drive this forward. And right now you're still looking for a venue. You've got the ideas, you've got the plans, but, but we're still waiting to sort of plant this thing somewhere, right? We are. Since we 
since we want to have this working ranch and we want a place for the veterans to come and ultimately we want to be able to have a couple dozen uh, veterans living there, working with horses, growing things, um, maybe working with the cattle uh, and learning vocations, uh, that means we need a place. Uh, so we have gone through a process over the last couple of years, uh, screening potential properties, uh, figuring out what kind of resources it would take to buy a place, uh, considered a property near Helena um, over the last uh, year or so. And uh, especially with the advent of the uh, constraints due to COVID, um, we had to uh, put that on hold and uh, not uh, acquire that property. So we're looking at some other uh, options around Montana. We're really dedicated on finding the right place and then coming up with the funds to acquire that. Yeah, Paul Rogie is our guest on uh, Coffee Break, and we're talking Whitetail Ranch Center. And it sounds like a, a really fantastic place. I mean, there's a lot, and you mentioned uh, vocational training. That's a very important aspect of this whole thing. Um, it is. So we our scheme uh, originally was that uh, we would bring the veterans in and they could learn trades just by virtue of helping build the place. And so if you're going to help build the cabins, um, cultivate the fields, grow some crops, um, produce uh, even high-quality foods that might be able to be sold outside, and we would expand to other uh, potential vocational training. Given that we don't have a place yet, we still want to make a difference for the veterans, and so we're exploring ways that we can uh, move forward with uh, vocational training assistance for uh, some of the veterans who are here and who need the help. And so we're looking into partnerships with, uh, say, the Renewable Energy uh, Association uh, or some of the fabricators around the state. And so we're, we're interested in some of those partnerships and uh, ideas about how we can establish some kind of program and, and bring in these uh, veterans while we're still working on building a place. Yeah, the, the, there's so many things involved and so many needed. I know one of the things, too, uh, equine therapy has been uh, mentioned as being something. I, I've seen some of that firsthand, how that works. It, it, it's pretty remarkable um, what some of this stuff can do. And uh, you, you, you sort of touched on it, but what did COVID do in terms of just Montana veterans? So the COVID has really been a, a double whammy for our veterans because, uh, first of all, some of the big contributors to uh, the problems and especially the suicide rates, which are very high uh, in Montana and especially among veterans, uh, are a sense of hopelessness. And, and that really uh, suffers when uh, you don't have a chance to socialize with other people. Um, it can be hard to get out and even get some care because, uh, you know, you're concerned about something, but people told you to stay home. And so uh, the COVID situation um, is is impacting uh, the health of these people, and and we're we're quite sure that it's impacting the suicide rate as well. At the same time, uh, Whitetail has been working to uh, build its resource base to be able to get some funds to establish this center. And uh, as COVID hit, a lot of people lost their jobs. The the uh, economy is really suffering, and people really feel uncertain. And so, uh, like all other nonprofits, um, our uh, rate of, of finding resources has really suffered. And so we're having a hard time 
uh, getting some of the donations that we need to move forward, even at the same time that uh, the veterans need the help the most. Yeah, and but, but the neat thing is that you're not waiting until you have that physical location to start working. I mean, that would be a uh, very understandable excuse, right? That people go, okay, well, they have plans, but it's just, you're, you're not waiting, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, I think that's really important. And we've, we're really, uh, we have a manager working with us from the VISTA program uh, who is really active and, and uh, young and energetic, uh, who is pursuing uh, a lot of these potential opportunities with, uh, you know, industry, with uh, some of the foundations around with VA to come up with ways that we can uh, maybe use the veterans networks, uh, work with the uh, VFWs and the other veteran groups to help find the, the people who would participate and support this, and then also work with the, the business entities to identify the opportunities for the vocational training and bring those two sides together so that we can make a difference. Because our, ultimately our goal is to have some beautiful ranch. It's to help these veterans. Paul Rogge is our guest to kick off Coffee Break today. We're talking Whitetail Ranch Center. They're already doing and, and are going to continue uh, doing some fantastic things for veterans in Montana. And we're running a little light on time. People want to find out more uh, if they want to help, uh, whatever it is, they can do that on the website as well? Is that the best place for them to go? Absolutely. Uh, there are links to all of those things, how to help, learn about what we do, uh, and even to get in touch. Okay. Paul Rogge, he's on the board for Whitetail Ranch Center. Uh, and I, I'm really glad that you haven't embraced this whole idea of retirement because you're doing fantastic work. <laughs> well, thanks so much. We're gonna have uh, Paul, or we're gonna have we're gonna have somebody with Whitetail Ranch Center back on uh, as we get down the road because it's a it's a fantastic organization with with a, a mission that we absolutely support here on uh, on Coffee Break and at the Montana Radio Company. So, Paul, thank you so much for your time this morning. Well, thanks for the opportunity and the chance to talk. So everybody go check it out, whitetailranchcenter.org, and you can find out more information about what it is that they're doing. I'm Troy Shockley, and that's it for Coffee Break today. Be sure to check us out on iTunes. Head on over. Give us a review there. That's always much appreciated. Or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you back here tomorrow.